Give it a second here to make sure we're we're online. All right, it says that we are now. Let me let me mute my YouTube, which I always neglect to do. All right, uh, we are live. Sorry, sorry for that uh, intro, there, people. Uh, this is Divi Chat episode one fourteen, and how to properly communicate with clients. So everybody has their own methods and theories and probably every client you need to communicate a little bit differently with. Um, but I, I guess we'll kind of cover the topics. Uh, we hope to, we hope to have some, uh, some feedback from our, from our listeners today in the, in the live chat. But before we kick things off, let's, uh, let's introduce this huge panel today. <laughs> <laughs> The three musketeers. <laughs> yeah, the three musketeers. So looks like just the three of us, but I, I think it's going to be a good episode and we'll we'll try to fill as much time as we can. So uh, let's go with ladies first. Leslie. Hi, um, I'm Leslie Grinnell and I run A Girl in Her Mac. Um, and you can find me at agirlinhermac.design. Thanks for being here, Leslie. All right, Mr. Timothy, long time no see, buddy. Yeah. Hey everyone, Tim Streifler here, and you can find me online at timstreifler.com, divilife.com, and wpgears.com. And uh, I just got back from the amazing WordCamp Phoenix, uh, which was organized by this guy. I think I'm pointing the right direction. Yeah, we're uh, all pointing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, got to hang out with Corey and, and, and David, and yeah, we had a great time. Yeah, it, it was a really good time. Um, I'll introduce myself and, and maybe we can talk, talk just uh, in brief about, about the conference. Uh, I am Corey Jenkins coming at you from Prescott, Arizona. We are uh, in the midst of prepping for a big snowstorm. I, I know people don't think it snows much in Arizona, but we're expecting like 15 to 20 inches of snow. So oh, wow. I'm going to be out tonight doing a few things and, and prepping and, uh, and uh, it's kind of fun though, getting, getting snowed in, you know, so just got to make sure you're prepared, plenty of hot pockets and stuff. Uh, there you go. So, uh, once again, uh, Corey Jenkins, you can find me at aspengrovestudios.com, divi.space, potentplugins.com, um, all kinds of different places on the web. And uh, as, as Tim mentioned, yes, we are back from uh, WordCamp Phoenix, which uh, in my mind, it, it was a success. I'm, I'm one of the organizers, so I might be a little, little biased. <laughs> but um, it, it was an awesome event. We we had a, over uh, 600 people in attendance from all over the world. We had wow. people in from from different That's countries and all kinds of places uh, across the U.S. And even even had the chance to to meet a couple of uh, of Divi Chat listeners and, and uh, yeah yeah so yeah, yeah little... get anybody running up. Oh my god! <laughs> like, That's it, kind of what happened. Actually. No no autographs, please. No. I'm just <laughs> Yeah, our our friend Lily. I don't see her on the chat now, but she she came up uh, to me and David, and uh, David was I wasn't with him at the time, and she like scared the heck out of him because <laughs> she. David. <laughs> yeah. So I hope Lily comes so we can we can chat about that. Yeah, so so it was fun. Like like Tim mentioned, um, you know, it, it was uh, myself, Tim, David Blackman, uh, were the three of us from Divi Chat. Uh, Nathan Weller, some some other people um, from from Elegant Themes were there. Um, it, it was just kind of like you know, like, going to a WordCamp is kind of like it, it's just it's awesome. All the people you meet and uh, you know some of the big WordPress uh, players, um, you know, meeting them in person. And if, if you guys have never attended uh, a, a WordCamp, I suggest that you find one in your area and uh, and plan on attending it. It's it's just it's amazing. And you get free shirts. Oh, you get all kinds of free stuff. All kinds of yeah. all, all kinds of free stuff. You you don't need you know, but you, you don't need you a job anymore. Yeah, yeah. David yeah. and I, David and I spoke together. Uh, it was it's our it was our fourth time speaking together. Third WordCamp uh, speaking together. We spoke on email marketing, um, and so WordPress.tv eventually it'll be added. Um, I'm excited because it was definitely. Uh, we felt like the most comfortable up there we've ever been and it went really well, but that's not why I started talking about that. We got, uh, the speakers were given a, a WordCamp, uh, 
sweatshirt for WordCamp Phoenix. The theme, it was the 10th WordCamp Phoenix ever. So it was a 10-year reunion. So it was kind of the high school reunion theme. Uh-huh. And so the speakers got like Letterman jackets. They're sweatshirts, oh, but they look cool. like Letterman jackets. It was a big giant W on like the left, uh, the left side. Um, and I put it on and it's extremely uncomfortable because it's like, it's like that thick, like big W. And so Corey, don't get mad as one of the organizers. I might, uh, I think I can cut the seam out and pull it off and, then, and, and still wear the sweatshirt. Yeah, I, like that's, that. that's fine. You know, because I'm, I'm bitter because as an organizer, I didn't get one. And so, you know, and Tim's going to cut his up. Yeah. If you destroy yours, it'll be like payback. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so yeah it, it was good times um definitely good times for sure meeting some of our listeners and and thanks for thanks for coming up to us and and saying hello all right you guys ready to uh to dive into this topic yeah Ooh. let's do it all right so uh once again i'll i'll reiterate the uh restate the topic how to properly communicate with clients tim do you want to give us a definition of communicating <laughs> with clients Yes, I am the resident definer here on Divi Chat. So um, yeah, basically communication is key. And so I think we're going to, there's not much to define here, um, but we're going to talk about some of our tips and tricks that we've learned for for good communication, um, ways to kind of uh, make sure things, um, make sure everyone's on the same page with projects and everything. Um, And I think the biggest thing is be upfront as possible, communicate everything, get everything in writing. I guess we can go now, guys. I think that was it. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I, I, I guess uh, there's there's various uh, levels and, and types of, uh, of communication. Do you think it'd be a good idea if we just kind of take it from from like kind of, you know, kind of the first touch points uh, of, of, of like, a, you know, working with a client and kind of kind of see, you know, how throughout the process we, you know, maybe change or, or adapt to the, uh, you know, maybe to the project or the particular client? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. All right. Um, so, so communicating with, with clients, um, I, I guess a lot of times the first, the first point of contact between ourselves and a client uh, might either be through our website or maybe through like a networking event or, or some other type, type of introduction. Um, so, so with that being said, I, I guess like the first communication could actually be before you even actually talk to the client. How your how your company's presented, the type of information maybe you ask for, like on a uh, inquiry form, on on your website. Um, have have you guys actually mapped out that that process of here's the information we want to collect you up front before I even speak to you verbally, like for the first time? Yeah, for me, I've always kept it really simple um, for my initial contact form, where basically all I ask is are you looking for a new website or are you looking for help on an existing website? And most of the inquiries are for new websites. Um, and so that's really all I, I, I break it down and, and you can go with client contact forms or inquiry forms. You can break it down. Like you said, Corey, and, you know, ask for an approximate budget. If it's, you know, a redesign or a new site, if it's, uh, you know, what industry they're in, all of that. My philosophy is I'm going to very quickly be able to gather that information uh, when I talk to them or what happens a lot of times is in the comment section, they tell me all that info. And so it's never like there's some glaringly like, you know, big missing piece of information that I'm going to need. Um, and so I, I try to keep the form as simple as possible because at the end of the day, it's a lead form and you want it to be as easy as possible, simple as possible to get their information so that you can, you know, get on the phone with them and schedule time, whatever. Yeah, I, I think I think if there's like too much uh, work that the person has to go through for that initial contact, they're just just not gonna not gonna do it. So if you are gonna have something, um, if you are gonna have have something like that, I, I would suggest that it's not like you know something that they necessarily have to ha- yeah have to fill out up front. Make yeah, it really feel like they're working already and you haven't even talked to them. <laughs> like, yeah, hey, fill out this you know fill out this uh, <laughs> form that's going to take you thirty minutes before before I even like you know email you back or or call you. So yeah, but you know how how we've done it before in the past is um, you know just make it really simple for the uh, for the for the person to get in, in contact with you on your on your website, and then after that, make contact with them, ask briefly about their needs, and if it sounds like you know, it's something that you're going to be moving forward on, then, then, then you can, then you can send that, um, you know, as, as, 
a second or, or third point of contact. So what, what I do like about after the, after the initial point of contact, the person having to fill out a form like that is it shows you that they're not just going around like kicking tires exactly, and they're actually having to put a little bit of uh, effort, uh, effort into the onboarding process. So that's, that, that's one of the good things about it. Yeah. I'm going to just drawing from experience. So this is something that happened. Uh, Ooh, actually, a Tim tail, a Tim tail. <laughs> like two days ago, um, we're in the process of, of getting our, our house painted. And so I went on Yelp and I went and Yelp has a feature where you can request a quote. You fill out a questionnaire. It's not long. It's pretty simple. And then, uh, you know, saying what you want, and then you can submit that quote to a bunch of different businesses and then they, they all get that um, and then can, can give you a quote or whatever. But a lot of them came back and told me, um, need more info. Uh, and the one, one person said, okay, in order to get you this, you know, a, a ballpark quote, I'm going to need you to go and measure every room that you need painted, uh, <laughs> send me the dimensions and then send me pictures from two different angles. And I was like, <laughs> I don't have time for that. And then another person, you know, explained like, okay, here's all our ballpark pricing um, for something like this, but it would be best if we came over and actually looked at it so we can give you a, a, a more detailed, uh, thorough quote. And so that's what we did. And he came over, he was super friendly, helpful, walked us through the process, told us kind of like best practice that you're going to want to do this, like blah, blah, blah. And so to me, like, I think, you know, you call that consultative selling where he was educating me while like figuring out what we wanted so that he could provide a quote. And it wasn't just like, you know, you want this, here's this. It was based off of what you guys are trying to do. I'm going to custom tailor uh, the quote to help you achieve it. And it might not be what you originally thought you wanted. Um, and so I see that model working really well with, with web design where, there isn't always a cut and dry, like, you know, fill out a questionnaire to, to get a right. quote type of thing where let me get on the phone, talk to you, understand what your goals are. You know, you might think that you want a super, you know, basic website, but actually what your goal is a lead generation. Well, we can custom tailor a, a website that's meant to help you generate more leads online kind of thing. And so all that to say, I feel like, you know, sometimes a questionnaire might come back to bite you because, um, uh, opposed to getting on the phone and kind of having more of that consultative type of, of process. Food for thought. Very true. All right. Um, so I, I, I guess uh, kind, of, kind of after we've gone through those um, first uh, first points of contact and, you know, with Tim, I'm, I'm sure the clients are like, you're awesome. You know, we want to work with you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, here's uh, here's a hundred thousand dollars up front. No, that's yeah. like Leslie. Leslie's like, <laughs> I don't have any time, you know, don't hire me. And they're like, take my money, Leslie, take my money. <laughs> so, so, so typically, um, how much time is actually spent on getting to know, getting to know the, the customer's project? Do you, depending on the customer, do that all, you know, via email or, or do you prefer phone calls? Uh, I, I know for us, I, I can probably speak that it, it kind of depends on the, on the project. Some, sometimes it's like way easier to just like get on the phone and, and talk through yeah, stuff. Yeah, I think I almost uh, always, I can't think of any time where I wasn't, it wasn't a first phone call. Yeah. 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 I mean, my tendency, I think part of it being like a millennial, like I'd rather email. Live yeah, I don't chat. like getting on the phone at all. But. Yeah. <laughs> it's always like my last, like, like the last thing I want to resort to, like with, for example, with hosting support, I'd much rather get on live chat than get on the phone. Um, however, I think every time I do make the choice to get on the phone, it's so much more productive for everyone. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, results in a closed project. So yeah, I think phone is definitely the sooner, the better you get on the phone. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and what I found out after phone call, so you can have an hour long phone call and of course, you know, you're, you're going to be taking notes. If you're not taking notes during the, yeah. the phone call, you're going <laughs> to, yeah, right. <laughs> that's yeah. That, that's kind of, you know, strike one. Take notes. Uh, what, what I like doing after after a phone call conversation is actually like after after the phone call, and you don't have to do it like immediately. Um, you know, like right after the call, Send like an email with a little. Yeah, yeah, like you know, an email, an email with a recap, and it can be yeah. you know, if your call is in the afternoon, you can send it out the next morning, or if it's in the morning, send it out before the the end of the day. But recap the phone call. Yeah. And ask them, like, say, you know, if if 
you know, I've misunderstood any of these points, please, please let me know. And, you know, and it's, it's just to have, to have that, uh, you know, to have that kind of, kind of jotted down. Yeah. And, and have like a paper trail, right. Cause you want to have some accountability. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, you know, and, and we'll kind of we'll kind of move um, forward uh, in this later. But it's uh, I've actually used that email after after a phone call conversation as kind of like an addendum that can be mentioned uh, in the proposal, and you can you know refer back to uh, you know as discussed in the you know phone call taking place on this date and you know the subsequent email you know and, and you can actually like refer back to that and have a have a trail so if somebody goes well that's absolutely not what i what i told you on the phone if you right. have that recaps like those important points in, in the email following the phone call then that's something that can refer back to and if you did misunderstand something then it's you, you're putting it on the client to to correct right. Yeah. Right. And, and that can even come back like later down the road once you deliver the website they're like oh i said i wanted this and you're like, well, I sent you the recap of our conversation and, and it never came up. And so like you said, Corey, you put that on them to, to remember. And so you, yeah, like Leslie said, you have that paper trail that, that follows you through that whole process to protect you essentially. Well, and also I think the biggest, um, for me, the biggest advantage of the first phone call is you kind of get to feel out, um, are they, are they techie at all? Do, what do they think a website is? Do they call it a web page? Like where, you know, what's the age here? You know, you kind of got to feel out um, and get a sense of their knowledge and because that's kind of sets the tone of how you're going to be able to talk to them like do you have to be super specific and get details like what is, what does this client know and what do they not know and that makes a big difference so i think the that's something you just can't really get in an email unless it's like long you know but still it's not the same yeah if they if they call you a, a webmaster then they <laughs> right uh, <laughs> yeah might have a bit yeah. antiquated uh, <laughs> idea. yeah but i mean you know that stuff matters because you're going to be throwing words out there and you don't know that they're on the other side of the phone. You're like, what is she talking about? Like, <laughs> all right. So, so uh, I, I, I guess like um, as, as we're moving through these forms of communication, at what stage do you start using uh, perhaps like a CRM tool or inputting in the client's information? Um, obviously from the initial point of communication, you're kind of gradually working towards a proposal and, and a contract, but at what point do you actually start may, maybe utilizing some tools to help keep yourself organized? And if so, how, how do those tools help you like communicate with, with, with a client? Is it something that you can invite them into and share the information? Well, I don't you use it myself. I, I work by myself. Um, so I don't use any kind of, I mean, I've tried out like Basecamp and things like that, but it, they're just too much for me. I don't need them. Um, I typically, I, I know we talk about this on almost a lot of episodes, but the contract is, that's a big tool, even in just how you communicate, because you have everything right there in writing. Um, so it is kind of a communication tool. So I guess it, that's the part as far as what you asked, Corey, that uh, once we get into the contract phase and get a deposit, um, that's kind of when it's like really a project. Yeah. yeah so I would say for me, once they're once a deposit is made, that's when I put them in uh, Asana, which is what I use for project management. And they basically, they get, you know, into the schedule. Um, and then I don't invite clients into the Asana project. Um, if it's a long ongoing type of project, I might br temporarily bring them into the Slack channel for, you know, more direct communication without a huge long email thread. Um, but yeah, I, I don't like the idea of them looking over my shoulder while the project is, is progressing. I would rather give them updates at, you know, at my convenience type of thing when I think it's a good time for them. Um, most of the time, everything stays in email and calls um, in terms of updates and everything like that. Um, and yeah, I, I've just found that that's easier than trying to teach them how to use a new tool, something like that. If it's a really savvy client, I have a couple of times brought them into Slack because they are already using it. They know how to use Slack. And so it's easy to transition them to be part of uh, my Slack team. So, yeah, we, we've, we've definitely done that on, on a couple of projects, created a Slack channel, invited the client. And, you know, the, the, the nice thing about that is like all the communication is in kind of, you know, kind of one area emails. Like, you know, I, I, I don't really mind emails. Some people absolutely hate them. Some people love them. 
I, I don't really mind them, but like going through threads and finding, finding things in, in email can be, can be a little cumbersome. So Slack's a little bit easier to like, you know, search keywords and things like that and jump around and locate information. Um, yeah. So we, so we've definitely done that before, but I, I, I do agree. It's kind of hard to kind of hard. Like if you are using an Asana, um, I'm not overly familiar with uh, too many tools other than Trello, but it's hard to like bring a client in and like, have them, con- yeah. them conform to a style of communication uh, in those, in those programs and those tools that are, is, is actually like makes any sense, you know, because yeah. you basically have to like train them on that and you're wasting time of like get, getting the website done. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. And, and one thing I want to say about the, uh, the contract, because that kind of all falls under communication. I think getting everything in writing, there's some things that like you might assume that's like, Oh, it's understood. Like I'm using WordPress, but the more you have in the contract, the more you're upfront about, um, the less likely something's going to come back to, to bite you in the butt later. Um, and so I think that's something worth mentioning is put everything in the contract, have a standard contract where all those things that are consistent with every client, you just continue using that every time. But then if there's anything specific that they mentioned, you put that there. Um, and it also can help you kind of close the deal because it shows them that you were listening and you know what they want enough to put it in writing. Um, and so then when they look at that, they're like, it gives them that assurance that you're understanding what their needs are and that you're listening to them and you're going to help, you know, accomplish their goals. Um, and so I found, yeah, like almost to the point where it's like, like ridiculous how much detail you're putting in. Um, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I, I, I guess as we kind of kind of move in from from this point, so I, I think we're all kind of in agreement that you know before we we move uh, to the con to you know to the proposal and the contract and when they've actually accepted and and given you the deposit, um, you know th- that you probably don't want to spend too much time on on getting them in a in a CRM or a tool like Slack or something like that before you actually receive that deposit money because. Until you do the projects, just kind of you know it's it's very uh, abstract and it's and it's not um, it, you know it, it's not for sure that that it'll be something you're working on and we're all busy we we got things to do so let let's wait until things are a bit more uh, serious so um, so moving in, into the contract I know contracts could be an episode in and of itself which we've done before um but the one thing that i do suggest is really know what you're doing with the proposal and and the contract just you know if you have to seek out um you know legal advice or you know take take a course um i you know the I, i'm going to plug a few courses here but the Divi business uh, expert course that tim and david Ooh. uh put out um not being you know totally biased towards them wp elevation a few other people do have courses um, but, but seek out a, a course like that. I know I've seen like, um, you know, people who have taken Tim and David's course, it's like, there's this huge, like weight off their shoulders because you're not like, you know, doing it by yourself. And it's, it's scary. Mm-hmm. I, I took it. Um, and this was years ago. I, I did take a WP elevation course, um, because that part frightened me, the, the contract and the proposal. And, and uh, I'm, I'm glad I did. And, um, you know, I've, I've been doing it for, for quite some time now. And I, I feel comfortable with, with that process. And I, I, I feel like, you know, I, that I've had in, in my years of freelancing and then having uh, Aspen Grove Studios that we've had a lot of success and actually converting um, clients because that process looks professional. Yeah, definitely. One, one thing I, I want to throw out there, um, I think it relates to communication. It relates to the contract, all that. Um, obviously you want, as Corey mentioned, a contract and proposal process that gives the client assurance, but then also, um, protects you from a legal standpoint, a hundred percent. But I think also something that, um, you know, can't go understated is just your own, uh, ability to trust someone. And so when you're, you think about like getting on a, a call with a client and you're essentially selling them. Um, however, you have to think that you're also in a way interviewing them to see if it's a good fit for you. And so if you have all kinds of red flags going off where they've mentioned that, 
you know, the last three web designers quit on them. It's like, well, there might be a reason why they quit on them. And, right. you know, you can kind of How pick up. How much baggage on the, do you want to take on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, there's red flags that like, maybe they're not an easy person to work with, or maybe they're the type of person that if I like, you know, make one mistake or don't do something exactly the way they want, they're going to like try to go and sue me, you know, in small claims court and stuff like that. And so if you can kind of uh, weed out those people that you think are not the type of, of, a professional that you want to work with, um, then that can save you a lot of headache and heartache later. Um, something I want to bring up is Facebook. Because I don't know about you guys, but when I um, started out, I became friends with some of my clients, um, mostly the female ones. And I didn't really think about it. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, you know, you're kind of, I mean, you have a business relationship, but you're friendly, right? So um, I still have, I, I want to say two, maybe three clients that are friends on my, on my Facebook and we really don't chat or, um, you know, do any direct, uh, talking or anything, but, but they're on there, but about a year or two in, um, I started thinking about it and then you got, you know, I, y'all know the stuff I post. So you kind of have to consider like, do I want my clients knowing how much I cuss or do I want them to, do they want them to know everything about me basically? Um, so like maybe a year or two in, um, you know, I was, I, I never occurred to me to think about that, if I should friend them or not, or if, if I accept their friend request. So I don't know, what do you guys, what do you guys do? Like, for like, for me now, I tend to not, I haven't since those first couple of long time ago, um, just to keep there some boundaries. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I mean, I for me, I, I personally, I use Facebook mainly for like business stuff. And so, and I'm not even really posting anything. It's mainly just like connecting with like yeah. colleagues, like you guys and, and all of that. And then the, the Facebook groups. And so I'm not really one to post in general. And so that part probably wouldn't apply, but I'm trying to think about it. I'm like, have I had any clients, you know, friend request me? Um, and I might've had a couple and I might've just- Maybe it's just more of a girl thing too. I don't know. It might be more of a female thing where like, eh, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So yeah, I've, I've never had that issue partly because I haven't had a lot of clients try to request me or if I did, I just ignored it and didn't want. <laughs> uh, but in general, I think definitely boundaries are good overall, you know, and keeping, you know, personal and, and, and professional separate for the most part, you know, as much as you can. Sometimes it's hard when like you're on the, the Facebook groups and like you have someone that sees you right. posting something and that's how they hire you through Facebook. You're right. <laughs> but, you know, those lines get blurred very, uh, very heavily. So, um, but, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. What about you, Corey? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I, I guess thinking about my, my Facebook account, it's like pictures of my dogs and my, and my kids. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm not like a real like controversial person, not that I don't have opinions, but you know, I, yeah. I, uh, I keep them to myself and Leslie, I, I keep the cussing to a minimum. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I do have some, I, I wouldn't say like, I would like be a friend with a client before I, I really like knew them, you know, if it was like somebody I just started working with and, and I just met and they like found me and sent me a friend request, I'd probably like not accept it. <laughs> you know, I, I think well, we have it's the kind of awkward because I, I've, I've totally ignored some and I, I feel kind of like an ass, but I'm hoping maybe they'll just think I don't really look at my requests or something, but, and I also don't want to bring it up. I don't want to talk about it and be like, Hey, I saw your request, but I don't really do it. Like, you know, it's just weird. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you know, I, I say, I say, sorry, uh, you can't be my friend on Facebook, <laughs> right? but, but follow me, follow me on Snapchat. And I can share <laughs> but that. here's an invoice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, it is kind of tough. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'd like to think that like, there's like a societal like boundary, like most people like know to, to stay by and, and, and I wouldn't do it. I mean, I wouldn't hire a guy to like do my roof and then, and then find him on Facebook and become his friend or something, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I wouldn't say I'm against it. I do have some like clients who are now dear friends. Uh, you know, one of them just messaged me that she's moving to like, you know, back East and she wants to get together for coffee before she goes yeah. back. Her son's in the they military. really do turn into friends. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Um, so I wouldn't say I'm, I'm against it, but it's probably, if you just met the person, it's probably not the greatest idea. So I, I don't know, maybe, maybe just act like you like, you know, didn't, didn't see the request or something, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, but yeah, you know, I mean, as far as like Tim said, business wise, I mean, I, I communicate quite a bit with, uh, colleagues and I, I wouldn't say clients, but you know, 
people in the industry on Facebook. And uh, once you kind of get to know like the WordPress community and the Divi community, you know, there's all these little like, you know, subgroups kind of, kind of going on and people are asking each other's opinions and stuff. But um, yeah, but, but we all kind of know each other. So yeah, yeah I just definitely. use your judgment. <laughs> so yeah, I think Leslie is unique in that, like, part of people like love Leslie that you're super open and like you speak your mind. And so that's almost like, that's part of like, almost like the Leslie package type of thing. And so like (laughs) they're attracted to that and they like, they want to be friends with you type of thing where me, it's like, he's my web designer, like whatever. (laughs) Seems like a cool guy, but I don't want to like, yeah, Yeah, I'd I'd like to think like if somebody, you know, I I just like bore the heck out of somebody pretty much. So uh, that's me. All right. Um, okay. So, so let's say we put together this awesome proposal and the, let, let's say the client accepts the proposal. They send us the deposit. What do we do next? How, how do we move on from there? How often do we touch base with the client? Maybe give them a peek at what we're, what we're working on. Um, let, let's, let's kind of start there. I'm a big believer that um, like, being having intentional touch points with your client and giving them updates before they ask for it uh, can really give them that continued assurance that they they made the right choice because no one likes it when uh, they pay you money um, and then they don't hear anything from you. Yeah. And it's like, could you just <laughs> run off with my money? I don't know. But if you're like, yeah. you know, giving them continuous updates and, and stuff like that of like how it's going and, and when they're going to, you know, be able to, to see the homepage or, or whatever. Um, I think that gives them, you know, that a, a additional continued confidence. Yeah. I, th- I think, you know, on top of giving them, giving them updates, uh, ask questions, you know, you're, you're going to have questions uh, throughout, throughout a process. And even if it's not like, here's, here's what I've done. Take a look at it. Give me feedback, uh, you know, ask, ask questions on things. And it might be like, I know, you know, you mentioned this, what do you, what do you think about if we do this or, or what's your reasoning behind this? Um, so, so there's other, other ways to kind of stay in touch and, and maybe, you know, you might have those weeks like throughout a project that there's really nothing to, you know, to, to communicate, you know, because either you're waiting on something or, but, but yeah, just, just make those touch points and, I, I think depending, I think each, each project kind of has a life, like takes on a life of its own yeah. and it, it gets its own pace and, totally. and you really need to have a sense, a sense for that. So uh, you, you just kind of really need to pay attention to that. And that can kind of set the precedence for like how often you might need to communicate. So some, some clients love hearing it. Some are like very busy and they just want you to like do your job. They want to do theirs. Right. <laughs> right. Like, for sure. They don't want to be bothered with like, you know, Okay, where exactly do you want, want me to put a picture of your cat on this page? <laughs> yeah, there's a uh, a classic. How much how much bigger do you want your logo? <laughs> yeah. There's a classic scene from from Seinfeld where he hired a guy to do his cabinets for him, and this guy's asking him questions on every little thing, like, "All right, Jay, what what color knob do you want? What color do you want?" And he's like, "I don't care. Make the decision yourself." And then he ends up making all the decisions himself, and it was like. A total like he had that huge show. like overhang to where they had to like bend down and see each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tim, I love that you're a Seinfeld fan because got to bring in pop culture. <laughs> okay, so so um, so we're talking about how often to, you know to communicate, but I, I guess like just as important is like like how do you communicate um, at, at that at that point um, as a project's kind of rolling along. How do you go through the steps of the project and, you know, um, you know, the, you know, the homepage is like, you know, is ready for review. Please give me your feedback. Are, are there like tools or methods that you guys use? I mean, I usually just do the simple, like break it up in stages. Um, you know, like the first look of the homepage, maybe plus another page or something and kind of give a loose uh, timeline, I guess, some sort of structure. I mean, I think that's all anybody wants is some sort of structure there. Yeah. So I'll usually, I'll do a homepage first before I move on to anything else. And I used to, you know, send it to them and then, you know, ask for feedback or changes or anything that. And then what I started doing recently, uh, well, not too recently, a couple of years ago is setting up a call to go over it with them so I can walk them through the design and then also the strategy behind the design and tell them based off of what you are trying to do, 
this is going to accomplish those goals based off of, you know, what you said in terms of, you know, the design style and the examples you showed me, this is what we came up with, blah, blah, blah. And, and basically I, I see it more as I'm kind of reselling them on, you know, what, what we did. Um, because what I found is when you send it something to them and then they, uh, you know, have all this time to look at it. Um, some business owners will, will nitpick and some almost feel like as a business owner, they're required to come up with some sort of revisions or feedback or, right. or you know, criticism right. because they feel like they're not doing their job uh, as the, the owner um, unless they do that, unless they give you something. And they might think that like you're asking them like, you know, that you're expecting something, you know, some sort of changes or something. And so when it's more like, you know, oh, we're just showing you what we did kind of thing. And, um, and then unless they like, you know, straight out say, I hate it, we're going to assume that, they love it. And usually, you know, you get those signals like, Oh, it looks great. Awesome. Kind of a thing. And you're not really asking for their permission or their feedback necessarily. It's more, we're updating on what we've accomplished based off of, you know, what, what we talked about before type of thing. And then once that calls over with the screen sharing is done, um, they don't have access to anything. They can't like look over your shoulder and continue updating while you make changes. You know, it's basically, here's a quick look just during the video call. And I found that to be um, the most effective. Yeah, yeah. If you send them a link, you know, they're going to be up like all hours of the night, like refreshing and, uh, yeah. you know, and, and there's, and there's different methods to do on that. I, I used to, I used to build locally um, using desktop server. And then, you know, I would only, you know, I tell the client, I'm going to push this out every you know, Friday, you know, I'd push like updates out like every Friday to like a, you know, live staging site so they could see, but yeah, you don't want them to, you know, see like in, in mid build and, and, uh, you know, see, see stuff not, you know, looking quite, quite right. Yeah. This doesn't look quite right yet. You're like, well, no, duh. I haven't styled that page yet. <laughs> and, 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 yeah. And going back to, you know, Tim's uh, house painter, you know, if we walk into a room and like, well, this is weird. This color, you know, color is different than the rest of it. Well, yeah. Cause I haven't, I haven't painted the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so that would be the reason why. <laughs> so, well, and, go, uh, oh, ahead. go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, no, I was, I was just going to say, you know, when you y'all you mentioned asking for feedback and I've, I've, I've bumbled, I've bumbled this a, a couple of times. You, you need to tell them what kind of feedback you're expecting. Cause I, I've done it where I, I, you know, I've been like, yeah, look at this and give me some feedback. And they were, they clearly were like, what kind of feedback? Like, what does that mean? Um, so, you know, you kind of want to always be um, educating and instructing on what exactly it is you're looking for, because you'd be surprised on what you'll get if you don't really explain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's that's a really good point. And um, and some, something Tim, Tim brought up about, you know, talking to the owner or whoever it might be, and they feel like they have to give input. I, I think something to communicate early on in the project is like, you don't want feedback from like everybody on their mark in their marketing department. Right. You, yeah. know, you don't want to get like, t like 20 people, oh. uh, you know, <laughs> CC'd on an email, all providing, all providing feedback. Try, try to, try to make the, that one right. person in charge of providing the feedback. And if they gather it collectively from their team, then so be it. I, I'd say like two at the most, otherwise uh, miscommunications happen. Yeah. And you know, well, why'd you do this? Well, because so-and-so told me to do this. Well, I didn't see that. I didn't approve that. And oh, yeah. you, really, you really need to make that one person like, res yeah. like responsible um, for, for the yes. project. So, well, yeah. and like Tim I mentioned about the walkthrough that he did has, you know, when you don't do a, a walkthrough right away, or if you don't do something like that, you know, similar and say, you know, you give them a link and they have the weekend, they have that whole weekend to come up with shit to complain about and people to show it. So you want to kind of, when you're going to give it to them, you talk to them then if you can, if it's possible and, and have, you know, some kind of talk. Yeah, because they're going to have people look at it and be like, oh, well, I don't really like this little thing here, but there's not any reason. It's just uh, I, I would like it better a different way. But it, there's not like it's not like it's bad or ugly or something like that. There's nothing broken or, or wrong with it. It's just some people will feel like if they're asking for feedback, they have to give something. And so when you have like all members of the team doing that, then, yeah, it's no bueno. Yeah, I, I think, you know, instead of, can, can you give me feedback, be like, you know, sometimes the way I communicate is, hey, you know, let me know what you think so far. And if you need, if, you know, are there any changes needed instead of like, give me feedback? Because yeah. if, you, if you say that directly, then they're going to like, yeah, you know, like Leslie said, just kind of like find stuff to say that might be like so well, minute that, you know, that they're like, <laughs> rambling off things, you know. Well, and it's tricky, yeah. right? Because like, I know in my case, I mean, yes, I want to know if you like it, but at the same time, 
this is what I'm telling you, you should have. So right. it, exactly. you know, feedback doesn't mean, no, I'd rather have that down here. That's not what I'm, you know, that's not the kind of feedback I'm asking, you know? And, and that's why I like the walkthrough approach because you yeah. get, you can walk before they can say like, oh, I don't want this testimonial here. That looks funny. You can, before they even have a chance to do that, you can defend everything and say, yeah. we did this here because of this, this is going to, you know, give you social proof and it's going to, uh, you know, bring their attention down to the call to action, like blah, blah, blah. And so then they're going to realize that everything there is there for a purpose and maybe some things aren't there for a purpose, but they're going to, they're not going to be looking at like the beauty aspect of it. They're going to be looking more at the function. The function aspect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. yeah. And I, I think uh, in the chat, uh, Anne-Marie Norton, um, she mentioned that she does jo Josh Hall's trick um, and he does a video walkthrough of, of the site in progress and, you know, and, and send them a link of, the, of that video, which I think is a pretty good approach. That's a good idea. Yeah. Then you can without like being, uh, you know, doing a screen share and potentially being, you know, interrupted prematurely by the client. You can see here, here it is. Here's, here's the video walkthrough. Watch it. I'm going to explain maybe, you know, a little bit of the method behind the design. And, and, then, and then you can set up a call after that to, to go over anything or the client might say, looks great. Let's, let's keep moving. So. <laughs> yeah. I, I like that too. Yeah. That's similar to what I do. I prefer the, uh, the video call cause it makes them feel like they're, they're part of the process type of thing. And then also, um, if you record it and you, you know, send it to them later, they can hear themselves being like, yeah, that looks great. That looks great. So then later it's like, Oh, I didn't like it. You know, like, well, Here's the proof that you did on the call. All right, I, 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 I'm laughing here. I don't know what's going on in the chat, but Pablo's telling telling people to lick the button. Oh, God. <laughs> he, meant, he meant hit that like, like button. Like, like. <laughs> hit the lick button. Like Pablo's cracking me up. And, and Leslie, you are getting a lot of comments on your uh, skull sized mug that you're using there. Oh. My giant, elf, yeah. That's, that's my tea mug. Yeah, yeah, they're saying it's bigger than your head. So. <laughs> is it? Am I? Is it coffee in there? Yeah, that's water? close. I, I just, I, I noticed that my cup matches my shirt. I did not coordinate this. This was like the last cup that didn't have like, you know, like stale apple juice in it for my kids. So. <laughs> this, is, this is what I was left with. Awesome. <laughs> Sorry, Pablo. Just had to give you a hard time. That's funny. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Bolivian. Yeah. So, all right. So I, I, I think um, the, the next phase we're going to go into is kind of like wrapping, like wrapping the, you know, the project up and, uh, you know, kind of, kind of communicating that. And I, I think this is like everybody's favorite part of a project because it's, it's winding down. So close. You're seeing that next uh, <laughs> chunk of money at, at the end of the tunnel. Um, but it also ends up being where like a lot of the stuff, maybe that the client didn't uh, communicate throughout the project comes out and uh, sometimes it can, it can be a lot and it can be kind of overwhelming. So <clears throat> at, at what point do we, do we send to the client and say, okay, look, I, I think, you know, this project's pretty, pretty much ready to start wrapping up. We, you know, let's test some, you know, test certain things and how, how do we actually like move towards getting that? Okay. It's done. Here, here's your money, you know, for the, for the last part of the deposit. Yeah. I think it all comes down to kind of the tone that you set from the very beginning of being the expert and then being in control of the project. So it's, you know, and it's like, I, I just mentioned you, you know, with the walkthrough, you're telling them what you did, not like asking for, you know, changes type of thing. And then, so it's more like we're ready to go live. We're doing our final testing and then you're going to have a new site. And instead of like asking permission and saying like, you know, if, as long as you're okay with it, like we can launch the site. And then if, if it's okay, like you can pay me, you know, like, if you're kind of the one in control leading everything, then it's you telling them what's going to happen next. And so you're, you're always communicating like, all right, we're going to do this and then we're going to do this. And so then they're just kind of, you know, following along, following your lead along for the ride. And like, okay, sounds great. You know, where they'll voice their concerns as it comes up. But, um, and, and I think too, that that kind of comes all the way back to the beginning when you're talking to someone and you feel like they're going to be a good fit or if they're going to be someone that's going to try to dominate every conversation and, um, you know, bully you around into, you know, doing, you know, things their way, then it might not be a good fit. And that should be a red flag that it's not a good project for you. But if it's, um, and I'm not saying you want to do the opposite and bully them or dominate the conversation, but you want someone that's going to let you as the professional, the one that they're hiring to let you take the reins and, and lead the project forward. Right. It's really important for them to trust you. 
and getting exactly. to, um, to kind of add on to Tim's point, um, be sure that at some point, um, like you set some boundaries with, with that tone when you start auto. So I've seen some people post in the Facebook groups, like, you know, this client calls me at midnight and what do you guys do? Like, do you set, you know, a certain time frame or whatever? Um, I thankfully I've never had a client who's like constantly trying to get, get to me. Um, and they rarely call me. Um, but I mean, that, that happens. I've, I've heard of it. I, you know, I have friends who are like, you know, they, they just won't leave me alone. Um, so it's important to set some kind of boundaries and structure on, on how you communicate in, in that sense too. Yeah, for sure. Like, I don't, I don't answer calls. Like you yeah. email me, we'll schedule something <laughs> right. or you leave a voicemail and I'll, I'll call you back when I can. But like, it's, it's like, even when I know who it is, like, if I don't know who it is for sure, not getting answered, but you want to know what it is. I'm like, I'm in the middle of something. Like yeah. I, I'm not going to let yeah, you're not at their beck and call. You're just their website designer. You're not their Yeah. Website. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I, it, it can, you know, even if you don't like, it can still be like stressful, you know, like, you know, if, if you don't set that boundary and the client does think they can call you, you know, at 8, 8 PM at, at night and it, it can, it can still be stressful, you know, if like they're calling your phone a couple of times. And, and so it, it is probably better just to communicate, you know, I, I'm a business, I have business hours, you know, if it's outside of business other hours, you need to, yeah, I have other clients. I, I have things. So you need to like, you know, kind of stick to these methods of communication, especially during off hours, you know, I, you know, when I'm sitting there playing with my kids, having dinner with my family, I don't want people, yeah. uh, I, I don't want people, you know, calling me and, and, uh, interrupting that. And, and I think if it does get to that point where they are crossing those boundaries, I think if you stick up for yourself and you tell them up front, like, look, like I don't, you know, take calls at this time, I don't do this, then they'll respect you more because some people's personality is they'll, they'll start to dominate other people. Like without really, they're not intentionally trying to do that, but they're kind of like, it gets away from them to the point where, you know, they don't even realize they're doing it. But if you stand up for yourself, they'll like respect you for it. And they'll, you know, pull back. Um, at least that's what I found with a lot of those personality types that like to push the boundaries. Yeah. And, and, and just, just be honest to prevent like resentment, you know, <laughs> cause uh, you know, last thing you want, like in a project is to end up, you're not liking the client and them not, them not liking you. And then they unfriend you on Facebook. Well, something I wrote down and I, I, I wrote down a couple of things because I've seen things asked in, you know, whether it's a Facebook group or whatever, but um, like, I'm a real, I use emojis a lot when I talk to friends. Um, I'll usually, when it comes to clients, I'll see how they talk to me. Like I have a couple clients who they cuss a lot. They're very, they're just themselves, you know? So I know I can be myself around them and we're fine. It works great. I have other clients where there's no way I would act like that. There's, that's a different Leslie. That's professional Leslie. You know, that, that client sees the, you know, the, you know, the other me, but, um, but yeah, so I think that's a, a client by client basis. Um, cause I've had people ask like, you know, is it, you know, do you talk to your clients like that? Well, yeah, some I do actually. <laughs> that reminds me of, uh, I saw an interview someone did with, with Gary Vaynerchuk, who, if you know, Gary V, he, he swears a lot. And this interviewer was like, so you swear a lot. Like, do you swear around your kids? He's like, absolutely. Like, I saw that one. <laughs> yeah. I think you might've shared it. That probably is why I saw it. Yeah. And he's like, that's just who he is. And if like, if people are going to, you know, get mad at that, then so be it kind of a thing. I was like, hmm. like, I probably wouldn't do that, but Hey, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. It just, yeah. Yeah. I, I grew up around a lot of uh, cursing from my grandparents and I, I came somehow came out of it. I mean, yes, I, I, I do cuss. I'm not a saint, but I'm not like a, you know, constant cusser, but I mean, right. if, if, you met, do it. <laughs> yeah, if you would have met my grandpa, you know, you'd be like, how, how does Corey not constantly cuss? Uh, <laughs> That's yeah. funny. Keep it professional. Um, <laughs> something else I wrote down, and this was something I learned myself. Um, wait to reply. If, if y'all, if there's something um, negative, I guess, if there's uh, a, a negative thing has come up or whatever, um, and you get an email say, and it's kind of over the top or whatever, don't reply right away. Wait, think on it. Not to say that you may not reply back in what you wanted to in the first place, because I've still done that, but I've still waited, um, you know, at least half a day or a day or whatever and, and think about it because your, your answer might be different after some time. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's always good to not, um, not act out of, out of anger. Um, I've heard of other people, you know, saying, you know, saying that they'll, they'll reply, but not actually send the reply. And 
So, so then you can kind of like, you know, circle back to like what you were thinking earlier, wait a couple hours. And then, you know, maybe you don't even adjust the whole thing. Like maybe part of yeah. it, you're still, you're still kind of upset, but uh, at, at least you don't have those like regrets, um, you know, of, of like, you know, sending it at that time. Cause, cause right. y- your mind does change a lot, you know, once you kind of calm down and. Yeah. <laughs> I heard of an, an app that uh, if you have an Apple watch, like I do, you know, there's a, a uh, it can measure your, your, uh, your, your heart what, heart rate. And if you have <laughs> an elevated heart rate or blood pressure, um, and then it syncs with your email and it won't let you send emails. If you oh, that's like cool. agitated, <laughs> I totally just made that up, but that would be really cool. Cause when you're agitated, you're like, that's not fair. You know, I'm gullible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you're, if I, I guess a good rule of thumb is if uh, the keyboard is making more noise than normal, you're like, then it's probably not a good idea to send the email. <laughs> that that is that is very true, Tim. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. So we've uh, we finished we finished the project. The client absolutely loves it, like in every case, right? Yeah. And uh, you know they, they paid us our our final portion. I guess something that like people don't always associate is uh, part of the project communication is like the the communication that happens after like we think everything is actually like out of our hair um how do we handle that like how, how much of an effort do we go through of like that's probably the, the worst one of the worst things like i'm terrible like i just forget about it i'm just like cool okay next it's done. yeah, <laughs> yeah i'm on. really bad at that <laughs> so you know i i think i think that the communication could go both ways obviously after projects a lot of times the client's still sending us stuff that maybe they didn't notice um and i, I mean you know like do you do you reach out maybe a couple, like a couple of weeks later, a month later and check in with a client like, Hey, just want to see how everything's working with their website. Uh, you know, well, have you gotten any feedback on it? I mean, I usually, if I'm doing a site, it's, I'm going to maintain it. Um, so that helps, you know, cause it, you, you just kind of go into the whole maintenance thing and you do your updates and, um, I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, pretty quickly after the site goes live and you get final payment, they're kind of like at that, I don't know what, what else to call it, but that new website high where they're yeah. excited. They do they their little new, newsletter or something. Yeah. yeah. You know, they'll p- put it on their social media. They'll tell friends about it, whatever. I think that's the best time to go in and ask for testimonials, referrals, stuff like that. Um, because they're, they're really excited, you know, after that kind of wears off, you know, six months later, like, they'll be like, yeah, we, we still love our website. Absolutely. But they're not as like, you know, motivated to, you know, help you out essentially. Yeah. It's, it's like that new, new car thing, you know, you have the new car smell that, you know, and then, and then like, you know, six months later, you've put like 20,000 miles on it and you're like, eh, it's a car. Yeah. yeah. It's four wheels and an engine. Whatever. <laughs> it, it, it does. It gets the job done. Yeah. You know, and I, I, th- I think, um, when when you do have that post project kind of kind of phase like your, your client is putting it out there a lot and you're going to get they're you know even if they get like 99 percent good feedback from people there could be like one person that says something like pseudo negative about the site and they're going to dwell on that and they're going to contact you about it potentially and i i think you kind of have to be prepared for some of that negative feedback that might not have even come from from the client like oh well so and so says like you know, he has to put on his bifocals to read it or, you know, the font, the font's too small on, and different things like that. So you, you have to take some of that negative feedback with a grain of salt, not get defensive and, and maybe explain like, this is a standard size font, you know, for a website, you know, how many people have actually, you know, told you that and, uh, you know, cause everybody, everybody views things different. So, yeah. And then you can yeah. like send them a link on how to make site bigger on browsers. Cause that's a browser. Yeah, thing. exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Very, very easy to do besides putting like, you know, 16 point font like, <laughs> right. all, all over the site. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think, I think a good thing is, yeah, like you said, not get defensive about it. Um, because when we're the ones building it, whether you have a team or not, you're going to, you know, feel like, you know, it's to a sense like, your baby, you know, that you made. And so you, you someone says something negative, like, well, no, the, the font's the right size. Like you're wrong. Um, but I think like, and then on the flip side, don't just say, oh yeah, we can change that. No problem. I think, you know, the, the right approach is let's talk about it. Let's, you know, kind of like what you said, Corey, um, you know, how many people actually said that? Like, what was the context, you know, like, 
kind of a thing. And, um, you know, let's discuss it without getting defensive and without like, you know, running to like make changes because they said something was wrong. Um, I think, yeah. Yeah. You kind of communication. Oh, I I was just going to say, you kind of, um, like, I know for me, I, I have these certain little bits of lingo I might throw, you know, throw in, even though I may not always mean them, but they need to hear them. Like if I might say like, Hmm, you know, I didn't really think of it like that, but yeah, we can, you know, you know, you just, you come up with these ways to talk to where they have to feel part of it and they have to feel like their opinion is, um, being thought, you know, at least you're considering what they're saying. And even if, if it has nothing to do with the good flow of the design or whatever. Um, so I think you kind of just kind of learn these bits of lingo to, yeah that's a really good point because like there's definitely a balance between like being the the expert the professional like you know what you're doing and you're leading the project and you're telling them what the right thing to do is but then also listening to them making them feel like they're heard and 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 you know their opinion matters and you know getting them what they want essentially because yeah there's certain things where like okay i disagree with them, but they seem pretty adamant about it. And it's probably not worth, you know, arguing because it's not that big of a deal, something really small, I'm just going to make it make the change for them just to appease them. But then other things where it's like, okay, this, that change goes against every fiber. Right, exactly. That is like web design in 101. No, like, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, I would rather have pinch to zoom than responsive. (laughs) Like, don't make it responsive. Like, what? Yeah, or... Or it's something that's going to like take you like 10 hours after the project's over. Right. It's like, no, you know, we can do it, but uh, you know, and, and I've actually, I've actually done the, you know, I've actually had those like last minute requests before the project was even like finalized. And, you know, I'll say, well, that wasn't in the initial proposal. We didn't discuss that. And then kind of start creating like a wish list for the client that you can revisit. And then look, you wanted these things done. This is going to take 10 additional hours. We're going to have to charge you this much. So Um, all right. Well, we are coming up on time. Uh, we did start a few minutes late, so I think we can go into final thoughts, final things. Yeah. 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 I just wanted to comment on what you just said. I think, um, when they bring up stuff that is a lot of extra work, it's not something quick and it wasn't in their original bid. I think the more you communicate in terms of like educating them on the fact that like the reason why I'd have to charge isn't just because it wasn't in the proposal, but because that's actually a lot of extra time because of this, this, and this, right. because it's a lot of like times, a flip of a switch. yeah, they'll think that it's a flip of a switch and that you're just trying to nickel and dime them. And if you kind of explain, you know, why it's more work, then they're like, Oh, okay. And a lot of times, um, in at least my experience, like it's not a big deal. I just thought if it was easy, you could do it. And so, you know, if you don't communicate with them, then they're going to, you know, be mad because you're not doing it, or you're going to be mad because you agreed to it when it's a ton of extra work. And so if you communicate then, you know, everyone's happy. Agreed. All right. Uh, any, any final thoughts or things that people want to say? I, I'm going to take my wish list thing as my, my final thought, because I kind of, I kind of stated it like after, you know, when we were kind of talking about the end of the project. So, and I'm out of stuff to say, so. Yeah, I'm just going to put, say, repeat some things I wrote down, which is, I mean, it, this is all like a client by client, but set boundaries, um, not just in email and phone communication, but also in social media. Because I think in, in you know, this day and age, social media is going to come up in this whole friending thing. Um, I know it has for me. Um, uh, wait to reply before, if there's any kind of negative tension or anything, wait to respond if you're upset. Um, and if there's a big thing to talk about, maybe that's not appropriate for email. There's certain things, um, like I just learned my lesson, certain things you need to take to the phone. Um, I won't yeah. repeat the story, but um, but uh, I did something in email where it really, it was a more, it was a bigger deal. I should have got on the phone. So just know when, you know, when you need to really have like the one-on-one verbal yeah. voice conversation. Because a lot of times tone and- yeah can't be interpreted via email and so like sometimes you might think the client's pissed at you but they're not it's yeah. just they're, they're just and, not and, using emojis and, and that kind of goes yeah. even outside yeah, exactly. like, sometimes my, my wife like i'll text me something and i'll text back and she's like why are you being short with me and i'm like right i, I put a smiley face at the end of it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> definitely so my, my final thought just to reiterate something that you know we talked about before is um be the expert and communicate in a way where you're telling them what's happening next and let them, you know, follow you throughout the process. 
um, because it's going to give them the confidence because if they feel like they have to lead and like, you know, do all that, then they're going to get a little bit unsure of what's you know going on. And then they're, they're not going to trust you as much when you do deliver right. the project. And, and so if you communicate really well and, and be direct and, and tell them what's happening and what you're going to do, then, um, I think everyone's going to benefit in the long run. Um, and there's something else I was going to add to that. Okay. You know, I think I just want to add to your point, Tim. I think yeah. when 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 people start out, it's really scary to be um, to be authoritative because um, you're new to it. You don't really know that much. But and and I even when I started, I told my clients like, look, I'm new to this. I mean, yes, I've been in design, but not web design. And it's different. Um, so I was very transparent. But, you know, everybody's different. And you know how much you want to share with your clients. But um, but yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Well, I think, I think for a small panel, this was a really good uh, episode. Like, I think like a lot of our episodes, we could probably continue on for at least like another hour or so, but yeah. I'm sure the listeners are tired of, of uh, hearing us <laughs> by now. So <laughs> we will conclude this, uh, this episode number 114 of Divi Chat. And um, I'd like to remind everybody and I'll let Leslie take the reins on this where they, where they can find us. Oh, uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, uh, FeedBurner. I don't know those RSS thingies. Divi.chat. Divi.chat. If you have episode ideas, feedback, (laughs) any of that kind of, kind of fun stuff, then, uh, yeah, feel free to, feel free to drop us a line. I would really like to know if anybody happens to find us on Google Play. I'm not positive that we're on there. I know we got an email saying we were, I don't have an Android. I don't have any kind of access to Google stuff like that. So to the store. So I don't know. Maybe one day, if someone. Can I think we could find it in the browser, <laughs> the Google Play Store. I tried. I tried, but I, I, I don't know. Maybe that's the wrong. <laughs> yeah. So if you do, then yeah, let us let us know. So Leslie can sleep. <laughs> can you give, a, give me our link? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and if you could, if you're watching on YouTube, either live or later, if you could hit that like button, or as our moderator Pablo likes to say, smash that like button or or he's saying now tickle it. So I I don't know what's going on. They're they're having a lot of fun here in the live chat, which is, which is good. Yeah. And that reminds me, if you're not watching this live, tune in live. We have a a really awesome crew of regulars that uh, get involved and and join in on the the discussion. So uh, we're live every Tuesday, um, unless we're off for a week for a holiday or something uh, every Tuesday at 4 p.m central time go to google and you can translate that in your own time zone excellent all right well thank you everybody for tuning in and uh, we will talk to you soon Bye. take care bye-bye